death upon me Blood in my eye, dog, and I can't see I'm trying to be what I'm destined to be And niggas trying to take my life away Welcome to You're listening to the Wrestling Takeover What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner Who's always gonna keep it real Come on, King Inside and outside the ring Let me make myself clear He's got the band behind him, King It's time to take over, King Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King Takeover Let's go What's the word, y'all? What's going on? Welcome back, everybody, to the Wrestling Takeover Podcast. It's your host, Jordan Turner, once again, right here, um, getting ready to cover the wrestling news today. How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? Um, Listen, man, we got some good things on here. We got some good reporting. Um, I want to make something very clear. Uh, Because I know I had uh, people kind of like tell me, um, like, Jay, do you like, are you a reporter? Are you a journalist? Like, what's the deal? You know, I know you cover news and stuff. Here's the thing. All right. I am a uh, reporter. I I report the news just like everybody else in the community. Um, I'm not a journalist. I don't care to be a journalist. Um, Y'all know how I rock and I'm not rocking in the journalist journalism category you feel me um i always tell everybody to not believe everything you read on the internet um i go down that path as well um i always try to look at reliable sources um and people that i trust i do trust fightful i trust russell votes um f4w online i do trust um and uh there's probably like one or two that i really trust um in terms of uh, valuable sources in the wrestling community um, I don't just pick news for the sake of picking news and whatever's going on there. Um, I know everybody for the most part, you know, likes to clickbait shit. Um, that's not what I'm about. I don't do that. So I wanted to just make that perfectly clear to everybody listening. Um, if you are a new listener and you're just finding the wrestling takeover, uh, you're going to enjoy what you hear, man. You have a fan that is, uh, brutally honest with his opinions. I am not biased to nobody. Um, I am the most creative person in the wrestling community. Um, I pitch a lot of ideas um, when it comes to pro wrestling, and I'm very honest. I'm blunt. You know, I give it to you guys the way you guys deserve it, which is someone that is just being honest. I don't sugarcoat anything, and that's not how I rock. So if you love someone that has all of those attributes, the wrestling takeover is definitely for you guys. Um, I don't like to post episodes as well just for the sake of posting episodes. Um, I kind of want to, you know, post and put out a new episode when it's uh, when it's the right time. Um, I've been away for a bit and there was a lot of wrestling news. I didn't want to save it for Thursday or Friday. Um, I kind of wanted to give it. I wanted to give it to you guys today um, on this Tuesday. So uh, enjoy the podcast, y'all. So let's get into it. We got Nick Khan. We got some uh, some feedback on Nick Khan. Um, we're going to talk about that. Um, he also talks about Triple H remaining the sole chief content officer. He and Vince McMahon will communicate. Uh, he's mentioned that Triple H and Vince McMahon communicate a lot. So we're going to talk about that. Um, also in the news today, Road Dog doesn't think Cody Rhodes winning at WrestleMania would have been smart for business. Yo, Road Dog, I agree with you, man. I agree with you, man. So we're going to talk about that. There's an update on CM Punk's return. 
there's going to be a Saturday night show, a brand split, and also a rumor that CM Punk might be working with Chris Jericho. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, Mercedes Monet negotiating a contract extension with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So it looks like the GOAT is going to be sticking around in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I did see her Instagram post and a tweet talking about how she's considering living in Japan. That's pretty cool. I'm going to support her wherever she goes. So I'm going to give you guys my thoughts on that. I'm also going to be talking about WWE and ESPN are in talks about working together on a new projects. What are those projects? I don't know, man. We'll find out. I'll give you guys my thoughts on that. And then lastly, Warner Bros. Discovery reportedly has been told that CM Punk is on his way back to AEW. So that's what y'all can look forward to today right here on the Wrestling Takeover Podcast. And let's get it started, man. Let's talk about Nick Khan, the fucking schemer himself. Y'all, I hope to God, man. I love you guys, but I really hope y'all out there that read the news do not believe everything that this motherfucker says. I'm just keeping it a being with y'all. Do not believe everything that Nick Khan says, man. He is a... He's one of the best, like, scammers in the game, man. Don't believe everything that this guy says. Um, this report is coming from Post Wrestling. Um, and, again, the title reads, WWE Nick Khan talks sponsor, uh, sponsorship logos, uh, wrestler pay, Vince McMahon's role in creative, cost saving, TV rights, and more in Wage Raging Interview. Um, I did see a report that WWE and Endeavor are considering massive budget cuts. Y'all know after WrestleMania, there's a lot of budget cuts. So looks like we might be getting notes. And uh, yeah, it is what it is. So let's get into it. So WWE Chief Executive Officer uh, Nick Khan addressed a host of issues in a recent interview following the announcement of the Endeavor-led merger with the UFC. Khan, who led, will become a WWE president upon complication of the merger, was speaking with Brandon Ross and Rich Greenfield of media investment research company Lightshed Partners. The interview on Lightshed Live uh, took place on April 5th. All right, whatever. Uh, Khan addressed a series of issues, including the use of sponsorship logos on the ring canvas, Cost surgeries. Uh, who is in charge of creative? Who? I mean, this is what we all should really give a fuck about. Seriously, if you're a fan out there and you're watching WWE TV on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis, your main problem should be who is running creative. The business aspect. I mean, if you're into the business aspect of WWE, that's cool. You know, I'm kind of interested in that too as well, but my main focus is on the creative. So y'all should do the same thing. So he gives his thoughts on uh, sponsorships. Nikon spoke about what led uh, UFC had achieved in upcoming through sponsorships and added that WWE ring real estate could be up for grabs. That's what he said. Look at what Endeavor has done with the UFC. I believe the UFC pre-acquisition their sales and sponsorships was around $35 million. It's in my understanding that that's now now borderline at $200 million a year. 
which is far in advance for us. I think if I think about if UFC was an amazing sport, as far as greater sport than WWE. So the fact that their sponsorship dollar far exceeds us, that comes down to our opinion to Endeavor, obviously working in conduction with the UFC to maximize those dollars. Again, I. It is what it is, man. Am I nervous with the, um, the partnership? I mean, in terms of wrestlers and employees potentially being fired, yeah. Because like I said earlier, there is a report going around that there is a lot of mass exiting cuts that are going to be coming following this uh, confirmation of the, con- uh, the merger, excuse me, with UFC and WWE. He added, we're open for business, ring mat, ring apron, the turnbuckles, everything that can be sold. We want to explore selling it. Obviously, it needs to be the right product. It can't be too distracting, but if it is the right relationship and the right company, we're ready to go. On cost surging savings, Khan was asked how the reported figure of 50 million to 100 million cost surgeons arrived at. He said, if you look at what Endeavor was able to take out cost-wise from UFC in 2016 or shortly after the deal was done, we have the same expectation here. We took $50 million a year is a really, really uh, conceptually number one. We have interesting teams that are being formed now. We're going to get those in shape. All right, again, whatever. From a business standpoint, this makes sense for WWE to merge with UFC. UFC and WWE have been really intertwined with each other over decades upon decades. So this coming up, um, I kind of really wasn't surprised when this got official. So those are my thoughts with that. Uh, When asked if expected headcount cuts, Khan said, there's other calls, and this is where I'm about to bring up. Uh, He said, what we want to always provide of our creative team, production team, keeping none of us having anything to sell and the company would not have to be uh, translated at this sort of price point if the product wasn't great. So the most important thing is to leave the product untouched. Untouched meaning if Triple H and Kevin Dunn, our longtime executive producer, want to evolve it, great. In terms of cutbacks, theirs, and those are not where we're looking to do. So other effectually around the company we're getting in the middle of, and let's see how it shakes out. Okay, let me talk about this. Uh, Nick Khan is a fucking goon. All right, just going to keep it a bean with you. I'm going to keep it 100. We're going to get cuts. There are employees in WWE who are going to get cut. There are pro wrestlers who returned are going to get released. Uh, fired that will be happening for sure um I, I don't understand you know from a business i i get it in terms of endeavor wanting to cut cost but what are you going to cut cost with like you're going to lower your team in terms of creative writers you know i know and i've i've been told by people because I'm trying to get into uh, the creative writing stuff and I want to be a writer for WWE. 
Um, I heard there's like 30 some writers. Um, that's way too much. It's way fucking too much. Um, I think it should be a limit of like 15 to 10 writers. Um, in my personal opinion, that's just me. Maybe even less than that. Maybe just six or eight. Go with an even number. Um, but that's my thoughts. I mean, I don't know why you would um, release writers. But then again, I do get it because you have so many writers. So you have uh, writers coming in and out of WWE. Um, other than writers, I'm trying to think who else you you can release. You know, other than the pro wrestlers, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that's my thoughts on that. It's interesting. Um, Khan was asked about uh, this rather, he expected to be uh, to pay, excuse me, to become an issue in the merger company. He responded, well, look, in terms of the UFC business, that's their business to manage. Vince, myself, Triple H and the other senior ma uh, management have seen what Dana White and the Federer did in terms of creative an entire empire. I mean, WWE is an empire as well. Um, we've been subjectively seen what Dana White and his team at Endeavor did. So, you know, that goes untouched by us. Um, again, you don't have to be a fly on the wall. You could just watch it. You could see it. You could feel it. Um, WWE really is trying to take bits and pieces of what UFC did and what UFC is doing now to uplift their promotion from a business standpoint. I feel that's why they're working with UFC in terms of... Um, Investments, endorsements, uh, company perception, this and that. You know, I, I get why they're really working together. Um, in terms of our performers, we really think a lot of them are well consent. Certainly all talents want to be paid more. Management wants to try to manage those costs. Each individual deal is unique in and of itself. We're confident with our position in the marketplace in terms of our superstars. And depending on what the right fees increases on the media rights, we expect a lot of that to drop to the bottom line. Okay, and then we're going to get to the creative thing in a second. Listen, man, Khan is bullshitting because Logan Paul just signed a deal to re-up with the WWE. And this guy's getting so many bans. I mean, he's getting paid more than 95% of the pro wrestlers right now in WWE. So that's bullshit. Number one, number two, uh, Roman Reigns, right? Brock Lesnar, Becky Lynch, you know, those type of mega stars are getting paid way more than people like, uh, no disrespect, but I'm just going to throw names out. Dana Brooke, Mustafa Ali, Ricochet, Otis, um, Lou Gallows, Carl Anderson, even though I know they're getting paid a cool, handsome amount, but they're not getting paid the money that Roman Reigns, Becky Lynch are getting. They're just not. Um, Logan Paul, Bad Bunny, you know, those type of cats are getting paid money that, you know, the the wrestlers that are there 365 days a year, they want to get paid that amount. But they're not megastars like a Roman or a Brock or a Becky. It's just facts. It's just the reality of the situation. It is what it is, man. You feel me? Um, so that's the business standpoint, you know, all the wrestlers want to get paid equal pay, but I mean, that's just, that's not how it's going to happen. 
And it, it is what it is, man. I wish it was different. I wish everybody can get paid equally. But uh, there's not a lot of Roman Reigns in WWE. There's not a lot of Brock Lesnar's in WWE. You feel me? They consider Becky Lynch to be top tier right now. So she's getting paid top dollar. You know what I mean? So that's my thoughts on that. But let's go to the creative aspect. On control of WWE creative. I'm going to go off right here. But I'm going to read what he had to say first. Um, when asked for confirmation that Paul Levesque would remain in charge of WWE creative, Khan said this. When the deal was originally announced, Monday morning, Vince sent out a company-wide email to our thousands or so employees, including myself. Yeah, I did see that because I did get a notification about that. And in the email, he laid out that the structure of the new co would certainly you guys have read about and are familiar with. In addition to Vince McMahon being the executive chairman, Ariel Amiel being the CEO, Mark Sherbort being the president, Dana White continuing as UFC president, and me at WWE, specifically, argued that Paul Levesque remains the sole chief creative officer. So Nick Khan is confirming that Paul Levesque, Triple H, is still the chief content creative officer. He's head of creative. Motherfucker, listen to me. I don't care what you say. I don't care what Nick Khan, I don't care what Vince McMahon has to say. Watch the show. You're telling me, let's start from stage one. Stage one. So the Raw after WrestleMania, that was Paul Levesque. That was Paul Levesque. You serious? Nah, that wasn't Paul Levesque. That was Vince McMahon right there. Vince McMahon thought his ass was slick. Oh, yeah, let me book Monday Night Raw. The fans are going to revoke. You serious? Motherfucker. Your name was trending all day going into Tuesday morning of the Raw after WrestleMania. You serious? Nobody wanted your ass to, to book Monday Night Raw. We know how Vince McMahon books Raw. We know how Triple H books Raw, uh, Raw and SmackDown, vice versa. We know this. Well, the smart ones do. The, the ones that pay attention to things. The ones that are very analytical by my, like myself. You know what I mean? Paul Levesque. People are saying that Paul Levesque is creative in title. But in reality, it's Vince McMahon. Let me tell y'all something. Not only do I think Vince McMahon is still in charge of creative, I think Vince McMahon is booking Monday Night Raw and Paul Levesque is booking Friday Night SmackDown. If that's not the case, then that's fine. But I know for a fucking fact, I don't need to read a report with what I'm about to say. I don't need to read a report. I don't need any of that. I have my eyes. I pay attention to what I'm watching. And I know the difference between a Triple H book show and a Vince McMahon book show. Okay? So I might be wrong in terms of, you know, Vince running Raw and Triple H running SmackDown. I might be wrong on that. And that's fine. But I'm still going to, you know, have that mindset and have that mind of thinking. But if that's not the case, 
I damn sure believe that Vince McMahon is booking something. Some matches. Some segments. Come on, man. Vince McMahon not booking nothing on creative? Lost your mind? This is Vince McMahon. You think Vince McMahon really is going to not book or have an opinion on creative? Creative is the most important aspect. Yeah, the business as well, but creative. Come on. Creative is the reason why we're watching we're watching on a weekly basis. It's all about creative. So, um Nikon he continued, right? He continued in and said, um, let me see. All right, here we go. So how does it work? Does that mean because I'm technically in charge of the business side of the business that I, I excuse me, let me read that again. In charge of the business side of the business that I don't seek input from other people or I wouldn't seek input from Vince McMahon who created this entire empire. That would be a mistake on my behalf. Paul and Vince, a family a relationship, a relationship that stands back to the mid-90s. Paul's in charge of creative. If he wants input from Vince or Vince has ideas, then he and Paul are going to communicate. That's always going to be the... Okay, so there you go. He's confirming. I mean, I don't fucking... Huh. You people out there that absolutely have to read the news to validate not only your opinion, but for you to come up with your own opinion. It's very sad. I don't need a report. I don't need Nick Khan to confirm this. I already knew that. I've been knowing that. Right? Come on, man. You can see if Vince McMahon has input. Again, Omos and Brock Lesnar thought Triple H came up with that. In fact, Triple H wanted Brock Lesnar to feud with Bray Wyatt. And Brock said, nah. And then that's when Vince McMahon came in and stepped in. And then we got Omos versus Brock Lesnar. That wasn't Paul Levesque. Come on, yo, get on your toes. Get on your toes. Paul Levesque is head of creative. Fine. But Vince McMahon has some, bit, some input as well. Triple H, Paul Levesque, he considers Vince McMahon's opinion to be very important. So he's going to ask for his input. Um, And he gives his thoughts on a couple of other things I want to read. I want to read some of these guys, so stay with me. On changing pay-per-view events. Now this really got everybody talking. After giving a short history of Vince McMahon taking the pay-per-view concept from CCTV to direct to console streaming, Khan commented, we didn't like transitional pay-per-views because 50% of so dollars go into on-demand dish and direct just for plugging it in, which is absurd and very absurd. So getting that out, going direct customer got around. You see, even with UFC ESPN Plus deal, there is no in-demand dish and direct. That money, however, UFC and Disney carve it up. It goes to them. They have their own split, but there's no middle person taking 50%. So we consider going back to traditional pay-per-views if it was accessible to our fan base and it was the price was right. Of course, we would consider it. Yeah, bitch. Listen, motherfucker. The price ain't right. The price is not right there. You can't do that. You can. 
Of course you can. But really, you can't do that. If you have, let's take Backlash, for example. You fucking serious? You really think fans are going to pay $50 a pop to watch Backlash? You ser- you've lost your fucking mind, yo. You've lost your mind. I've talked to many people. I've talked to many people that have told me directly and said that if ever WWE goes back to traditional pay-per-views and all of these pay-per-views are $50 a pop, I'm only paying for the big pay-per-views, which are WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. I'd say Money in the Bank as well. That's your big five. But in reality, it's the big four. SummerSlam, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, and WrestleMania. People have told me, I'd only pay money for those. The other ones, I'm not paying for that. The backlashes, you know, the other pay-per-views that they're going to be doing. Saudi Arabia's, not paying for that shit. The fuck? You feel me? I I completely agree with those people. I completely agree. And And also, too, think about it like this. Think about it like this, and I told him this as well, too. If WWE goes back to traditional pay-per-views, you need to absolutely cut down on your pay-per-views. I'm talking six pay-per-views a year. You need to go the AEW route. The AEW route, six, maybe eight pay-per-views a year. Pay-per-views that you have to legitimately shed money for. And then guess what? I've been saying this for years. You have theme shows that are on Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. Backlash, a theme show for a Monday Night Raw. Judgment Day, a theme show for SmackDown. And you build them up as if you are building up an actual pay-per-view. You will get the ratings. Best believe that. I know we got the Saudi Arabia shows. Um, and then you got the uh, big four pay-per-views. Fine. That's, that's six. That's cool. Money in the Bank can go back to WrestleMania. I've been saying that for years as well, too. So I'm just throwing out ideas in terms of if WWE wanted to ever go back to traditional pay-per-views. But logically, that's not going to sit well with a lot of people. You're going to actually lose fans if you do that. So there you go. Um, So Nick Khan was asked an update on WWE's deals with Liner Television Partners. He said this. We love our relationship with NBC Universal. We're entering the exclusive negotiation window with them now. In terms of the Fox platform, their broadcast channel has been tremendous in terms of WWE growth. Okay. So we always look at our inclement partners first. Obviously, we want the best size deal possible. They want to manage those cuts. We've got it figured out. We'll all be interested in doing that together, and we hope it's with NBC Universal and Fox. If we get our if we get out the window, we think the partnership is going to be robust. He added, "There's so many buyers now that there were four or five years ago when we did the curtain deal. Amazon was testing tennis in the UK at the time. Uh, they haven't had a significant step in the US. They've obviously done that now. Apple has done nothing in terms of live." At the time, uh, we've seen what they've done with the MLS. And I love MLS. I, I watch it all the time. Um, he talks a Saudi Arabia deal. He, he goes on. I'll read this last part with the Saudi Arabia stuff. 
It was pointed out regarding Saudi Arabia that Endeavor historically has not done business in Saudi Arabia. And Khan was asked rather WWE's Saudi Arabia partnership relationship would create any issues. No, no issues. We have a show coming up in May 27th. So in the month and a half, we're excited about it. We'll be there. We've done, we've been done outside of there of COVID twice a year for the last, I believe, four to five years. Look for a second show this year. We don't have the exact date yet. We usually end up going early November, but that's Memorial Day weekend, May 27th. So it'll be a daytime in the U.S. on a Saturday, Saturday night. Big night in Saudi. We're excited about it. Okay, there you go, guys. Um, I talked about everything in regarding uh, Nick Khan and um, WWE. I gave you guys my thoughts on um, Triple H had a creative. He can say whatever he wants. You know, he can say that Triple H is in charge. He might be in charge. Whoop-de-doo. Fine. But at the end of the day, there's no doubt about it. Vince McMahon has some input on creative. Don't believe what these people say. You have a set of eyes. Look at what you're watching. And that will tell you everything. You do not need a fucking report from anybody to tell you what's really going on. Just watch the show. Next up from Fightful, Road Dog doesn't think Cody Rhodes winning at WrestleMania would have been a smart business move. Shout out to Road Dog, man. Road Dog speaking facts. I love it. So another legend, the article reads, has chimed in on Cody Rhodes' failed attempt to become the undisputed WWE Universal Champion at WrestleMania 39. Brian Road Dog James has faced Cody Rhodes in the past. In fact, Cody Rhodes and his brother Goldust were the final team in the new outlet. All right, no one cares about that. Let's get to this fucking report. Here we go. Uh, discussing Cody Rhodes' loss to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39 on his podcast, Road Dog urged the belief that Rose has not faced enough adversity during his return to WWE, believing that there is more to the story that Cody Rhodes is unable to finish in SoFi Stadium in California. Road Dog, I don't need a fucking report. I don't need to read what you have to really say. I'm going to read it anyways. I already know that Cody Rhodes needs adversity. I've been saying that. A lot of people in the community have said it. JD from NY206, I'm very, um, you know, I'm a big fan of his. He has said it as well. There's been some people in the community that have been saying that Cody Rhodes needs more adversity. And do not get, because I've been talking to a lot of people, been in arguments with people oh um the torn peck that's uh that's enough of a story motherfucker no it's not you serious that is not enough adversity oh the royal rumble performance with gunther that's another um amount of adversity you fucking serious no it's not no it's not bruh it never was and never would be Cody Rhodes needs more adversity. He needed a reality check. The American Nightmare character need a fucking reality check. You weren't ready for the, the head of the table. You weren't ready for the tribal chief. Bottom line. And for the, for the simple fact is this. You people that are still pissed and angry that Cody Rhodes didn't accomplish his goal. He didn't accomplish his prophecy at WrestleMania. I got love for each and every one of you people out there that have that mindset. And I'm not talking about the people that 
agree with me. I'm talking about the people that have this mindset that they are still upset that Cody Rhodes did not win at WrestleMania. Oh, the moment should have been at WrestleMania. Yeah, Shinsuke Nakamura should have beaten AJ Styles at WrestleMania 34. That didn't happen. Roman Reigns should have beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 31 to become the champion. That didn't happen. You serious, bro? Roman Reigns lost at WrestleMania 31 to just win the title at SummerSlam. You serious, bro? Come on, man. Don't give me that shit. Don't give me that. Be smart. Be smart, bro. Oh, Cody Rhodes should have won at WrestleMania. No, he shouldn't have. He should have lost. And he did lose. Because the American nightmare needs more adversity. He needs more adversity. Like I said, he was not ready for the head of the table. He just wasn't. Bottom line. When he wins, here's the thing too, man. That a lot of people aren't really, they're not understanding. I will teach y'all. I will continue to say this. I will continue to utter it. Cody Rhodes, when he wins the championship, because people are throwing up other names, it's it's Cody Rhodes, guys. Cody Rhodes is not going to do this entire story, this this baby face story. Um, I need adversity. My character wasn't ready for the head of the table. I'm facing Lesnar. I'm probably going to lose, or I might win and beat Brock Lesnar. Because what does Brock Lesnar have to lose? Nothing. He'll go to money in the bank maybe when money in the bank i know la Knight is favored i'd go with la Knight personally but i could see cody rhodes winning that or if la Knight does win the money in the bank i can see cody rhodes winning the king of the ring i'd go with gunther so that's just my opinion i'd go with cody winning money in the bank and then i'd go with gunther winning the king of the ring that's just my opinion that's how i feel about it you understand so that's what i would do cody rhodes he wins money in the bank he pulls a rob van dam and tells Roman Reigns, listen, I'm going to face you at SummerSlam. And I'm coming after that fucking title. And I'm going to beat you because I'm ready. I'm ready now. I wasn't ready before, but I'm ready now. Period. That's what needs to happen. And all y'all motherfuckers, man, that are out there, you know, crying still. Y'all are still crying about Cody not winning a WrestleMania. I guarantee y'all. And I love you guys, but I guarantee y'all. Y'all ain't going to be crying Y'all ain't going to do this and that because y'all going to be happy when Cody Rhodes pins Roman Reigns. One, two, three. Y'all are going to be happy. There's going to be the, the new champion, the new baby face in WWE. Come on, y'all. Stop playing with me, man. Come on. Y'all got to be smart. But this is what Road Dog had to say. The argument is a legit one. No, it's not, Road Dog. No, it's not. You're capping. He says it's a legitimate one to go back now that history has told the story and go, okay, should he have uh, got it then? Should he have won it then? Like, man, I don't think that's a smart business move. I think that's great. There's a great booking if you're a fan, but I don't think it's smart business. If you really tell the story and go, okay, the end closed the book, then okay, now we got to start over. I just feel like this was a chapter closing Road dog speaking facts here. Uh, he came in, and this has been said by people that speak about wrestling. I kind of know what they're talking about. He came in, and he had no adversity. Road dog, I know what I'm talking about. I'm very educated. 
I'm very knowledgeable. And I'm fucking creative. Oh, yeah, didn't I just say that I'm one of the most creative people in the community? I've said it, that he needs adversity. There's been people that have said he needs adversity. So I love that Road Dog is bringing this up. He sees what fans are saying on social media. I love it. So Road Dog said, um, let me see here. Hold on one second, y'all. Okay. He needs adversity. He went right through the rumble, right through everybody, and right through the champion. Exactly. He needs adversity. He kept winning, 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 winning. He won the Royal Rumble. That motherfucker needs some adversity. Something. He needs a reality check. And he got that at WrestleMania. Right through everybody and right through the champion. So the argument could be made, man, if you just give him the title now, did he earn it? Yes. He has over the extension of his career for sure. Um, So if you tell me that the whole story and they have been trying to tell the whole story as much as they could. If you see the promos, they talk about it, what he's done, because that's a really cool part of his story is what he has accomplished in this industry by himself. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yes, he's had some help. His father was a wrestler, his brother, all the man. Uh, He came in and changed the game a little bit and kudos to him for that. So it's really a big picture conversation he has. Rather, he has the title around his waist right now or not. Let's just stop and think about what Cody Rhodes has done to accomplish from a human standpoint. Um, This dude's an entrepreneur, excuse me, in the industry of sports entertainment and has never exceeded that before. Listen, bro. I'm trying to tell y'all. Stop fucking playing with me, man. I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to end it with this one right here. Cody Rhodes is going to get adversity. He's going to continue to get adversity. And at the end of the day, he's going to he's gonna win. And he's going to win the world title. All right? Um, I got to do something right quick, y'all. Um, I'll be back. Um, and uh, I'll see you on a second, all right? Let me do something real quick. And then we'll get back to covering the rest of the news. And then I'll finish up today. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back once again. With the wrestling news, let's get right into the new article. Uh, I just ate dinner. That is why I was gone. Um, I had a great dinner, man. Um, but let's get right into the wrestling news. So this report is coming from Wrestling Observer Figure Four Online. And they are reporting that it looks like CM Punk, Chris Jericho, all the sorts of everything going on in AEW. Update on CM Punk's return. Saturday show brand split and working with Chris Jericho. There are several updates regarding availability of CM Punk's potential AEW return on Saturday's edition of Wrestling Observer Live. Our own Adrian Zane provided an update on the situation, noting that Warner Bros. Discovery has been informed that Punk will be returning. Again, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, don't believe everything you read on the internet. Um, I know everybody has their favorite sources and sources that they trust. Um, Andrew Zarian is the source that I do trust uh, within the community, and he had this to say. I know for a fact that Warner Bros. has been told he's coming back. They are very much aware of the situation. He had recently said that he is willing to return to AEW, and he wants to make it work. So the issue is that he's willing to work it out with the elite members. 
I know as of the time I was told, as of early this week, there was no intention on the other side. Uh, maybe Kenny Omega a little bit more than the Young Bucks, but I know that they do not want to work with him. There's been no dialogue between the two sides, either regarding sitting down and making this work. Regarding the potential Saturday AEW show, Andrew Zarian said that, quote, soft brand split of the roster would not be as soft as he first mentioned on the Matt Men podcast. <clears throat> Before I continue there, I need to mention the CM Punk stuff and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and whatever. You know what I mean? I'm a fan that is very honest with my opinions. I'm not in the business. Um, I want to be in the business, but I'm not in the business. I'm not backstage. I'm not behind the scenes. So everything I'm about to say is only going off the history of what I've been seeing and reading. Uh, CM Punk and the elite need to be grown-ass men and work this out. Wrestlers have one of the biggest e egos ever. Number one. Number two. The wrestlers are very, very soft, very narcissistic are pro wrestlers. And I love each and every pro wrestler that bust their ass for my entertainment. Um, but y'all, y'all niggas got some fucking egos like no other. You know what I mean? And, and that's not best for business. W, not WWE, AEW, excuse me, has the potential to have one of the biggest storylines. Now I'm about to name WWE regarding the bloodline storyline and everything going on with Roman Reigns. That storyline is still continuing on and it's easily one of the best storylines in the last 10 to 15 years, five years even as well. The elite have the potential and CM Punk has the potential. Tony Khan has the potential to have one of the biggest storylines in AEW history. I don't know what's taking them so long to pull the trigger. They need to work together. Uh, many fans like myself have mentioned that they are leaving a lot of money on the table. If they do not do this rivalry, do not do this storyline, they are leaving a lot of bread on the table. And it's something that they need to do. Bottom line, they got to do it. Um, now I just talked about, um, the situation with Warner Bros, um, you know, in the Saturday show and what's going to happen there. So Andrew Zarian said the plan have been put in place to potentially have a tentative Saturday show to be a quote soft brand split. When I used the term yesterday on the Matt Men podcast, I was told that it's less soft than I'm putting out there. I guess there will be people that are prematurely on the other show on the Saturday show. Arian continued to mention that the planned meeting involving Punk, Tony Khan, Chris Jericho, and FTR. He noted that the main program for the Saturday show will likely involve Punk and Jericho. Zane continued, I've heard this from multiple people on the way it was assured to me is that the program will probably be Punk and Jericho in some capacity. I don't know if FTR is involved or Jericho Society involved, but you know what? That's a very smart way to do this. Jericho has presented himself as the locker room leader. Jericho 
he came out and said that he's toxic or whatever he said, and he's willing to make this work because he realizes that there's money in this. Okay. Jericho is very smart by saying that. There is money to be left off the table. There is money to be, um, you know, provided here. You know, they got to do this. They got to do this. Um, now, the Saturday show. <laughs> I have not given my my honest opinions on this Saturday show and all this other shit. I'm about to do it now. Um, this Saturday show. First of all, you have a problem. Saturday. Are y'all out Saturday? Y'all are out, right? Hanging out with friends, hanging out with family, maybe going to the gym, playing ball, you know, to the movies, whatever. You're out Saturday. AEW. You're telling me that AEW is going to have a Saturday show? I under There is a lot of pro wrestling shows during the week. You can't have every show on a Monday, Tuesday, whatever. Because I look down this list right now. We have a lot of wrestling. We have Monday Night Raw. We have Tuesday NXT. We have AEW Dynamite. We have Ring of Honor. We have Friday SmackDown. Rampage on Friday. And then we got this new show, AEW Collision, which will be on Saturday. So three hours of Raw, two hours of NXT, two hours of AEW, two hours of ROH. I don't watch that shit, by the way. I don't watch Ring of Honor. Uh, two hours of SmackDown, one hour Rampage, and now potentially two hours of AEW Collision. Also, two hours of Impact Wrestling. I want to shut off Impact Wrestling. I did watch the Rebellion show, and I am really considering getting back to reviewing Impact Wrestling. Um, if you guys are Impact Wrestling fans out there, and you want me to uh, potentially return back to reviewing Impact shows, let me know on Twitter at JT Takeover. Just DM me and let me all let me also know on Instagram at the Wrestling Takeover because I'm really considering getting back into uh, reviewing Impact Wrestling. I do watch the show on a weekly basis, and I've really been enjoying what I've been seeing. I know Deanna Prazo won the Knockouts title, and um, her husband um, won the Impact World title. I think that's great. Uh, so Impact making some moves there. So I just wanted to shout out Impact there. Um, also, we have the pay-per-views, right, from Impact, New Japan, and Stardom, and WWE, AEW. What I'm saying is there's a lot of shows out there. There's a lot, a lot of shows. So this Saturday show, what if there's an NXT TakeOver? What if there's a AEW pay-per-view on Saturday? What about WWE pay-per-views? So as a wrestling fan, there's a lot of shit. You follow me? There's a lot of stuff. I don't even review Rampage. Number one, because Rampage is trash. Oops. I think I made some people mad. <laughs> don't give a fuck. It's my opinion. It's my opinion. Rampage is trash. Bottom line. I don't watch the show. I, I don't really keep up with it. I don't really care to keep up with it. It doesn't do anything for me, personally. Okay? So that's number one. So you got Rampage. Number two, you don't care about Rampage. AEW does not make Rampage important. Isn't Rampage supposed to be their version of SmackDown? And AEW is the Monday Night Raw now in reality. Um, AEW Dynamite is Friday Night SmackDown. And Rampage is Monday Night Raw. 
because SmackDown is more greater than Monday Night Raw. We know Monday Night Raw comes on on Mondays. That's the first show of the week in pro wrestling. I understand. But the way it's booked, looks like SmackDown is more important than Monday Night Raw. So you have Rampage, and then you also have Elevation and Dark. No one cares about Dark or Elevation. Nobody cares about Ring of Honor. Oops. I think I made some people mad. Nobody cares about Ring of Honor. Bottom line, they don't watch it on a weekly basis. I sure as hell don't watch it on a weekly basis. Too much wrestling, right? So now you're going to add AEW Collision on Saturday. Best of luck to that. Best of luck to that. I also read a report that they're going to keep CM Punk um, on AEW Collision. The fuck? AEW Dynamite is where CM Punk needs to be at. Unless you're going to make Collision the SmackDown version. Right? Unless you're going to do that. CM Punk needs to be on Dynamite. We're going to see what happens with Collision, man. Um, I might review the first episode just to see how things go. And be very analytical as I always am um, with Collision. So we'll see what happens right now. I'm not liking it because Saturday, come on, man. People do stuff on Saturday. People don't watch pro wrestling on Saturdays unless there is a pay-per-view. Unless there is an actual pay-per-view on Saturday, there's not a lot of people that watch pro wrestling. Now, I want to get into more covering pro wrestling. I, I, you know, I got to do better than that category, but people have lives, man. <laughs> People have lives. People have things going on. Um, but I really want to try to stay up to date on everything that I can. But it's kind of hard to, man, when there's so much pro wrestling out there. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with uh, AEW Collision. But at first glance, not fucking with it at all on Saturday. Especially on Saturday. Moving on to the next news report. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get right into it. Talking about the GOAT. Mercedes Varnado, baby. Mercedes Monet. Um, her negotiation contract extension with New Japan Pro Wrestling. This is coming from Wrestling Observer Figure Forward Online. Let's get into it. Mercedes Monet might not be finished with New Japan Pro Wrestling and Stardom after this weekend's show from, let me pronounce this, I might get this wrong, Yokohama Arena. Oh, I got it. Good shit. The final match of her contract deal takes place at Stardom All-Star Grand Queendom on Sunday, where she will defend the IWGP Women's Championship against uh, Meho. Again, if I get this wrong, I apologize. Because I know who this is. Iotini. However, our own Dave Meltzer reported on Wrestling Observer Radio that Monet is in talks with Bush Road about extending her contract for one more match. Let me comment on this before I get into the report. If Monet is going to wrestle one more match in uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Bish Road, Bishy Road, I swear to God, if Mercedes Monet does not go one on one with uh, Gula, I swear to God, I'm gonna be pissed. I'm seeing people all over, and I know who that I know who that person is. If she does not go one on one with her. I swear to God, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be very sad. 
If we get that one-on-one match, and if it's a pay-per-view that I have to pay for it, I'm paying for that motherfucker. Because Mercedes Monet is worth every penny. She's considered my second GOAT. I got Trish Stratus number one. God's honest truth, Trish Stratus is hanging on by a thread, in my personal opinion. But I still got Trish Stratus one, and Mercedes Monet is number two. So, but um, outside of that, this is a good thing. I, I like this. I, I'm a fan of this. I love that, you know, she's really considering doing more for uh, stardom. And I know that Mercedes Monet went on Instagram and Twitter and people are freaking out um, that she might considering living there and, and staying in New Japan for wrestling stardom. So I think that's great for her and her body of work, her career. Um, hey, man, they're treating her like a queen like she is. So I think that's a great thing. Uh, but the report goes on to say there are no negotiations for one more match or final match of her current contract is the match coming up this Sunday. I think it already happened. It did happen um, against Mayo Nakatami for the IWGP Women's title. I don't know if the deal is done. If it was not done the last um, I was told, but she is in talks for one more date. I don't know what that date would be. I don't know if. It would be Dominion or what exactly? That's where her situation is right now. Uh, Monet obviously attacked um, Ashitani on Saturday Stardom show. She came out dressed in a hoodie and a match before delivering a backstabber to her upcoming opponent. And that's exactly what happened. Listen, man, y'all know where I stand on it. Um, She needs to face. She needs to face um, Guno. Or what's her name, man? I, I'm botching over, man. I apologize. But y'all know who I'm talking about. Y'all know who I'm talking about. She needs to face her. And again, if that happens and if that's the main event, I'm paying for the shit. I'm paying for that. So we'll, we'll see what happens, man. I know people still want Mercedes Monet to return to WWE. They want Mercedes Monet in AEW. Uh, speaking of AEW, I know New Japan Pro Wrestling and AEW have a Forbidden Door coming up, I believe in June or July. Uh, it's going to be one of those two dates. Um, the bottom line is this. They need to work some deal out where they get Mercedes money on that show. And she needs to go one-on-one with Jamie Hayter. Swear to God, if that happens, I was already going to pay for the show. Depending on, it, it really depends on the matches though. I'm not just going to pay for it over Forbidden Door. No, I'll pay for the matches or I'll pay for the pay-per-view depending on the matches that are on the show. And I've said it before. If we get Mercedes Monet versus Jamie Hayter, if we get um, Will Ospreay versus maybe CM Punk or Kenny Omega, um, FTR with Kenny Omega versus, you know, combination of the two, I'm paying for that. We'll see. Something to look forward to, man. Keep an eye out on Mercedes Monet this year. Um, and, and regarding her contract, we'll see what happens. Next up, WWE and ESPN are in talks about working together on new projects. I think this is a great thing. This is coming from WrestlingNews.co. WWE and ESPN have had working relationships off and on for years now, and they might be working on new projects in the near future following the announcement that Endeavor will acquire WWE. The plan is for WWE and the UFC to form a new company later this year. During the COVID-19 pandemic, ESPN licensed old WrestleMania events 
to fill their time slot. They most recently sent Daniel Cormier to do interviews over WrestleMania 39 weekend. PW Elite reports that there have been renewed discussions between WWE and ESPN about a working relationship. They were told that there are currently no discussions about a weekly TV series. That's interesting. Okay. Um, There are no plans there. The two sides are still working out what projects they could work on together. They are still in early talks. The report noted that uh, that another promotion had been in talks with ESPN as of late, but it has been yet to confirm, although it was slated not to be AEW. It's not AEW. I think it was... um, I think it was New Japan Pro Wrestling who was having conversations with ESPN because I I did read something like that Uh, years ago. I read something that New Japan Pro Wrestling that, you know, ESPN is getting into the pro wrestling business outside of WWE and they want to talk about other wrestling promotions. I believe I've seen New Japan Pro Wrestling's uh, title there. AEW obviously is working with, you know, TBS, TNT, so they have their own little thing going on. But WWE working with ESPN, I think would be a great thing. I think it would be an awesome thing to see. Um, there has been speculation that WWE will be lean towards getting their programming as in many potential possible, uh, possible candidates, uh, currently raw and NXT air on USA network while Fox is airing SmackDown. Um, let me read this report again, um, regarding something here. They were told that there are currently no discussions around a TV weekly series. Okay. That's interesting because, I thought that we might be getting a TV series on ESPN about pro wrestling and WWE. I know that WWE, you know, has their documentary series on A&E. So we can't really say documentaries, but even though we could say that, but at the same time, I'm trying to think like what other things can WWE do uh, regarding an ESPN partnership? Um, Maybe have a talk show on ESPN like first take and and get up and we have that similarly with pro wrestling with WWE I'm just throwing out an idea I think that would be pretty cool honestly I swear to god I think that would be great if they have ESPN coverage of W and this is a WWE thing okay they have this partnership where we have a talk show ESPN first take you know, you guys are sports fans out there. ESPN first take, get up. Um, you know, other other weekly shows, man. You know that um, uh, PWI and and partner of the interruption. Um, you know, NFL Live. You know, um, <clears throat> ESPN the jump for the NBA. Um, NBA Insider. You know, they have a lot of these these shows. You feel me? That talk about all the happenings that are going on. You know, maybe on that day or on that week. I really believe WWE needs to get in bed with something like that. Um, I know they did something. I fucking talking smack, not talking smack. Backstage talking smack was you know something of interviewing and, and people. I think they should do that more um, after every pay per view. But uh, fucking, I forgot the word. What is it? WWE backstage, right? With CM Punk and Soraya and. Um, a lot of other people were a part of that. I think ESPN and WWE need to come with some sort of partnership to put that out there and have it be like a first take, get up NFL live type of situation where you have, you know, host and guest. Um, 
they talk about all the happenings in WWE in regards to the wrestling news in WWE, the pay-per-views, the weekly TV series with Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown and NXT, include NXT in this as well. I think that would be great. Um, and it's something that I would really love to see. I really would go out and watch that, really. Especially with pay-per-views, like they have <clears throat> like a morning show. You know how um, Super Bowl has it? Um, NBA, you know, before the finals, before the Super Bowl, you have a talk show and, and they kind of hype you up with video packages and they're very analytical on what's going to happen. They get, throw you guys predictions and stuff. We should really do something like that with WWE. I've always been saying that for years that um, WWE needs to really get in bed with something like that of a talk show, a weekly talk show, um, getting fans invested in, and maybe having guests on the show. Uh, the wrestlers and, and maybe, you know, wrestling fans having guests. I think that would be great. Um, speaking of that, that's something that I really would love to do. Um, building up the podcast and building up the brand and kind of have a talk show. Uh, very <clears throat> taking bits and pieces from uh, ESPN First Take and get up and kind of having that format and that mold uh, for my brand and, and the wrestling takeover. So that's something that I really am striving to do. Um, I just need to find people that would participate in it. Um, if you're interested, let me know. DM me on Twitter at JT Takeover and DM me on Instagram at The Wrestling Takeover. But yes, that is something that I would love to see WWE do. All right. And then we obviously talked about CM Punk. He's on his way back. I already um, kind of mentioned that earlier. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate y'all. I really, really appreciate y'all sticking with me. And listening to my podcast, man, it means a lot. Um, you know, I want to do um, I want to do a lot more things, um, but I'm going to keep doing what I do best, man, and talk pro wrestling with you guys and putting out every episodes, writing articles. I know I've been kind of slacking in terms of articles, but I will be back with a new article this week. So stay tuned to that. Um, but everything right now is it's. You know, it's pretty slow right now. Pro wrestling's pretty slow, but it'll pick up as it always does. But um, I want y'all to stay tapped to the wrestling takeover, man. Press that notification bell on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and iHeartRadio so you guys don't miss anything. And you guys always get notifications for when I put up a new episode. Um, rate the podcast. Rate the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And uh, leave me a uh, rating, or not a rating, I'm sorry. Leave me a review on what you thought of the episodes. Um, and obviously, leave me a rating, of course. I just got over that. Um, but I love each and every one of you guys. Thank you so much for the continued support. I want to hit it big this year, man. I, I'm so good at what I do, man. And I, I really believe that I can make waves in the community. I, I really believe... I can make waves in this wrestling industry. I have a plan. I'm not just doing this podcast thing because, oh, I love to do it. Yeah, I do. But I, I'm I'm wanting to do things, you know, having a talk show. Um, I just got over that. But you guys know what I mean. I want to do something like that. I want to I want to write for more um, publications. I want to um, you know, be a writer for WWE. That's really the main goal. Uh, like the, the number one goal, but in the interim, you know, get a talk show out there, you know? Um, but all I can do is come up here and put my head down, do hard work, 
but you guys got to support me. If you guys aren't supporting me, I'm not going to go nowhere. I can only go as far as I can. So that's why I always tell you guys to really support the podcast, spread the word of the podcast, spread the love, no question, and uh, always be honest. You feel me? Always be honest with your audience if you're a podcaster out there. Never sugarcoat nothing. Um, And uh, just be true to yourself, man. That's all I really can say. And um, it's the Creative King, man. I'm signing off today, and I'll see y'all next time right here on the Wrestling Takeover Podcast.